<clears throat> uh, <clears throat> hello, hello, is uh, is this this thing on? <clears throat> yeah, it is. Hmm. All right. Let's see if I can remember how to do this. Hello and welcome to. <clears throat> no, wait, that's something's not quite right. Oh, here it is. Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we've been in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we're back and we talk with Laura Howard. Now, if you've heard this podcast at all, you've heard Laura's name. I think she may be on or mentioned in this show as many times as Mike Weldon. Uh, so let's go. Laura was in an episode of the radio show where we talked about taking care of yourself and doing yoga and resting and relaxing and doing nothing. Um, Laura was in a, a Twisted Branch preview episode where she talked about being the volunteer extraordinaire and shared her uh, experiences volunteering all over the place and Twisted Branch. And also, Laura was a critical component, some might even say the mastermind, behind our first birthday celebration movie night. Laura had the genius idea, helped me get the genius venue, and then was my so stable support system as I turned it into a much bigger event than just a movie night. So, huge thanks to Laura there. And now, Laura's on the show to tell us about her first ultra. Laura ran a 50K race straight up to the top of Table Rock Mountain in Pisgah National Forest down in North Carolina. So, that's North Carolina, not New York or anywhere around New York. So, why did Laura leave the comfort of the Rochester community and Trails Rock and all the volunteers that um, would be able to, that that we call the community. Why would she go run a 50K all by her lonesome down there? Well, Laura's going to tell us about it. What do you think about that? The inside scoop. Uh, in addition, Laura's also going to sort of tell us a little bit about um how how that experience is when you go to a race where you don't really know anybody. And that's something that I've recently experienced. And it's uh, to hear from the same from Laura and I to sort of feel the same way about it was pretty neat. It kind of shows that it's in these kind of communities are all over the place. So that's a fun little chat. Additionally, Laura tells us how she applied her years and exhaustive years of experience uh, at aid stations to help those on the trail, you know, as they uh, worked their way around the race. Um, so, you know, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into some of this podcast stuff and let's uh, chat with Laura. Oh, yeah. See, I don't even know how to do this anymore. It's uh, It's all coming back slowly. It's coming back. So let's try it again. 
And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of Rochester runners. Isn't it distracting? Uh-huh. <laughs> I just read Furiously Happy, and on the cover is Rancoon, and it's part of the book. Yeah. It's like a... Uh, what do they do when it's dead and then they they put it like it's decoration they taxidermy it like okay. a taxidermied raccoon <laughs> on the cover of the of a book I just well actually it was one that Danielle had recommended and it looks like that do you think the raccoon was furiously happy uh, he looks really fucking happy <laughs> <laughs> I now need to show you the raccoon looks set up it's hysterical now you're. <laughs> He's fucking happy as hell. <laughs> wow, that is a happy ass raccoon. Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, what? What is it? A rack? A raccoon? That's <laughs> only bringing from upstate New York. Yeah, any hard A we can get. Well, I say I'm from upstate. and I'm from Buffalo. Maybe it's more Rochester then? I feel I like know. hard A's are an upstate thing. Yeah. Or a western New York. I think sometimes me. I skip letters. <laughs> Look at what Summer made me do. Aww. What color? Is it like a burnt orange? It's, so that's totally what she calls it is burnt orange. <laughs> For such women. It's Canyon Ridge. Oh, it makes me think of Sedonia. That's Sed- Sedona. Sedonia. <laughs> are there any raccoons in Sedonia? <laughs> I haven't been. I couldn't say. All right, well, if you... We'll send, we'll send Danielle. Recon the raccoons. I'm driving her out there. Oh, my goodness. In your brand new 15,000 mile Not mine. We're taking her car. Okay. Um, I was going to say, that's going to blow your lead. We need to think of a hashtag. That's one thing maybe you can think of. I need, like, a hashtag for her that we can do for the party. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll think about it. Yeah. You're, you're creative like that. Mm. Fits and spurts. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, Did you want to pee? Did you want to <laughs> pee? No, we can pause it okay. if we need to. Okay. I'm fine with that. Okay, so everything looks good here. You can just talk normally and you will be just fine. Okay. I'm going to talk just normally and I will be just fine. A little more soft-spoken, you've told me. <laughs> I don't feel soft-spoken, so. Well, I don't, you know, it all depends. I think when, like, when we did the Twisted Branch, you were, like, projecting because there's such a big room. Well, and we were in a group, too. Mm-hmm. So. And I think some people, you know those people that, are, like, shout into conference calls? <laughs> oh, like, Can you hear me? <laughs> I got the report open. I'm clicking. I'm clicking. <laughs> You're like, just stop shouting. I'm right here. I know. The phone, you're not yelling to me. You're yelling to the phones. Anyways, I think you'll be fine. Okay, so let's figure out uh, what what got you down to Virginia. I mean, this is this is the girl who excels at building community, excels at organizing community, right? Making big events, being sort of aid station captain, you went down to a race where nobody was and nothing, there was no trails rock down there or anything. Mm-hmm. You went and traveled. Yeah. Um, 
I'll just give you the long version on this one. <laughs> start at the start. Um, so my family is from Northeast Tennessee. Uh, my mom's side of the family grew up in Kingsport, Tennessee. For those that travel, that's the Tri Cities Airport. Oh, Tri Cities Airport. <laughs> yeah. So I spent my Check. whole year or whole life going down there, um, and. I feel as though I really found myself through trail running um, and the community that I fit in well. Um, you know, I can be my weird self around all the other weird people, and I mean that in a lovingly way. Um, so my grandmother died on Christmas Eve um, last year, so 2015. And we went down, and it was we always spent Christmas down there, so it was just kind of this interesting time. <clears throat> at that point, I had already decided I was going to run. I hadn't picked the actual race at that point. <clears throat> so um, I was actually training while I was down there in the mountains, um, and it was wonderful, and it was beautiful, and it was therapeutic, and all this wonderful stuff. And then I started. I got home, and I started digging around for 50Ks. I wanted to do something different um, because I love all the trails in this area, and I will always support the trails and the races in this area. But I needed something different kind of for me, and I needed something that I could do on my own to kind of prove myself to myself. So I, as much as I love the community and want to be part of the community, and I love what the community provides to me and what I can give back, I needed this one. Like, I needed a win for myself on my own, um, which it's never really on your own. Like, I can get in, I'll get into all that later. Um, so it was ironic. I was looking at it, but I was a little quite intimidated by it. And then um, Ben Murphy, who was my coach for this race, um, sent me the link, and I was like, oh. I was looking at that one, too. Oops. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie. Okay. Um, and I was looking at it because it was meaningful. Yeah. It's so, down in that area. Yeah. So and this was actually northwest Charlotte, but only like two hours from Tennessee. So it was like the closest that I could get um, in the time frame that I had. And this <laughs> is the, it's called Table Rock Ultras. Table right? Rock Ultras. And they had, I did a little bit of research. Okay. Um, they had a 50 miler, but then this year they canned that, right? And they just went with 30K, 50K, right? Yes. I think their intention is to bring back the 50 miler next mm -hmm. year. They had some logistical issues with the park, I believe. And so this is in a park um, called Piscus, 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 Pisca, yeah, something like that. P I S G U S. I've never right? heard anybody actually say it, so yeah. I don't know yeah. <laughs> how to pronounce it. Yeah, you start okay. in um, Steel Creek Park, which I don't know. I think that's like just off of the main park. So, okay. so you uh, previous to this, you'd never we talked. You'd never run an ultra before this. You had run. Some lots of trail races, mm -hmm. but never never crossed that marathon threshold, right? Right. I did um, OSTR was my first marathon. Right. That was this year. No, that oh, was two, uh, 2015. 2015, yeah. Right. <clears throat> so that was your first marathon. When did you sort of go, okay, let's, was it, was it immediately after that that you're like, I'm going to start training for an ultra? No. Cause I can't imagine how OSTR, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, oh, I love that race. It's hard that gel center climb, but it, I love it. Um, because I, I love I love goose adventure racing. Their stuff is just mm. awesome. Yeah, but I can't imagine how that would encourage you I to know, pick right? something. <laughs> how much more crazy can I get? <laughs> um that's a good question. I think that it that one was a deep rooted answer in that for um 
OSTR, I coached with Eric Egan, and the Egans were a big part of me getting involved in trails. Um, and then, you know, my experience with them and um, dealing with them with coaching and trail methods and everything, I just felt like, well, I can run a marathon. Like, why can't I do a 50K? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like watching other people and hearing other people. I needed someone else to believe in me, and I really feel like that started with Eric and Sheila, although they would probably think I'm crazy for saying that right now. <laughs> but those seeds that are planted, like, years ago – make the biggest difference today. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly. And once you realize you can do it and you're around friends that also do it, it doesn't, it, it's so weird how it normalizes, you know, mm -hmm. like 50K is not a weird distance. Right. If you if you hang around people that are, <laughs> <laughs> run hundreds. <laughs> right. You're like, I'm just running 50K. Yeah. And like, you just crushed 100K. And yeah. in my mind, I'm like, I'm not there yet. Like, you're amazing. Right. It's just, it's weird how that, but it normalizes. And so you had to, after you shook off OSTR, you spent the summer like, you know, running around, but somewhere in there, there's a little bit of a thing. Yeah. Um, well, last well, I was injured after OSTR, so I wasn't running around, which was kind of part of the problem. And I think that was good for me. I find that injury comes at a time where maybe I need to reevaluate, and which is what I did. Um, and I went through a lot of really hard personal things um, last fall um, within my family, and then the death of my grandmother. On top of that, it really I needed something for myself. Like I needed to feel strong and I needed some my some of my own therapy almost. So and I went to formal therapy to deal through the emotional stuff, but the trail running in the community I think was really the most beneficial for me in healing. Yeah. That seems to be something I at least it's something I see in, from you. You don't look at like there is one solution to a thing. Like you you sort of surround the yeah. problem. Okay, I'm I'm obviously not feeling great right now. Let me change my training, let me change mm -hmm. my recovery, let me change my diet, let me let me go talk to some people. Like mm -hmm. you you look for whole solutions yeah, to things. Absolutely. I think a holistic approach is absolutely essential, mm -hmm. even though sometimes it's hard especially right now coming right off of a 50k like I want to go run but mm -hmm. I know I shouldn't go run <laughs> so you can do one of those things where you go for a hike <laughs> and then realize you're too far from your car and you need to hurry up and get back I'm not going to do that yet I promised myself I would wait until next week okay <laughs> so All right. no hike. So I am 10 days off of my first 50k so 10 days and so you another thing you did right you went down there and you spent a, a week down there afterwards? Like you were basically like family vacationing? Yeah. So my family wanted to always go on vacation in Charleston, South Carolina. It's like our thing. And this year it was even more important because we didn't, my grandparents were obviously no longer. So we wanted to keep that tradition alive. And I really didn't want to pay for two plane tickets to go at two separate times. So I skillfully negotiated with my family and arranged and just said, like, well, I'm going to be down there at this time. So can we do it? And they were um, very happy to they love the idea. And so that was actually brilliant and dumb all at the same time to go right from a 50K to vacation. I was really craving to come home to habit. Yeah. Like I needed to come home. Like yeah. when I came home, I was like, "Oh my, oh my yeah. gosh!" Your couch, your yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. my stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but instead, you were surrounded by family twenty four seven. Yes, and that really wasn't so bad. Yeah, for me, like there's there's two. I really like the 
I like the comfort of the ideal family when I'm really tired or like when I'm sore. Nobody or has something. that. Right. You like, silly. I'm like, oh, I'll go home. I'll be I'll be tired. My my wife will rub my shoulders. <laughs> you know, the kids will tell me how their day is. The dog will lay by my feet. No. no, you come home and the dog got up on the counter and ate your dinner. Yeah, right. The wife's angry and the kids are watching TV and don't even want to talk to you. And you're like I got my foam roller at least. <laughs> yeah. You know. He's my friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you you had the whole family vacation thing. So it was brilliant because you had family. It was brilliant, yeah, because it was great to be with family and to do again something therapeutic to eat whatever I wanted in a town where I love the food. Um, you know, and in my head I was like, Oh, I can go for lots of walks on the beach and I can go supporting and bike riding and all these things I love that are low intensity. And, um, it turns out I couldn't walk for a few days <laughs> because I thought at the time that I could have a stress fracture. Um, went to urgent care and the lady told me I was ridiculous and I have tendonitis. <laughs> so hey. I'm, well, I'm now walking, which is great, and not in really any pain, which is good. So mm -hmm. I'm really thankful it's not a stress fracture. So that was really good. But if that was the brilliant part. So I was injured for a few days and thank goodness it wasn't longer than that and i could just lay at the beach or the pool and not do anything you had to rest it i had, had to had to rest it. and ankle. john my husband was so sweet because he really wanted me to recover he would just come to me with water and food and i didn't even have to move yep. and it made me i was just really spoiled he always spoils yep. me in the in the spirit of self-interest he wanted to make sure that you could actually walk when you got home yes right? <laughs> i'm not carrying you everywhere so don't expect that yep. <laughs> a lot of a lot of stairs around here yeah a lot of stairs yeah yeah. So the the um the injury you, you had thought that it was pretty serious, but it was just a little you know little niggle, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you got some ice now. You iced it up a little bit. You're, are you are you back to doing some of your other like activities? Are you doing some regular yoga? Are you doing things like that? And you're just not going for any distances on your feet? Yeah. So I told myself no running. Um, I needed to wait at least two weeks. Um, I think I probably would have gone for a run if I didn't have that. The weather's been perfect. Well, I was like 85 down there, so I was really happy not to be running in the heat and humidity of yeah. South Carolina because it's still beautiful down there. But up here, mm -hmm. yes, absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I have been doing yoga, walking. Uh, I cycled today, which alarmingly told me I am not recovered because <laughs> my heart rate was so high and I was not working that hard. Nice. So. Uh, okay. And you had mentioned the food in Charleston, South Carolina. I spent uh, a couple of weeks down in Charleston mm -hmm. and we went all over the place eating just about everything. It's amazing. So when you think about going down to Charleston, what is it? What's the first thing you're thinking about going down to eat? Definitely fish, obviously mm -hmm. being a coastal city. Um, we have our spots we go that we've gone my whole life. So there's like, I have my dish that I get at each mm -hmm. place that I like. It's just yeah. my favorite. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a very conscious eater. I eat very well, very healthy and sustainable. I like to make a lot of my own food. But when I'm down there, I, you know, I want to get a fried flounder, like, and I don't eat that stuff at home. Like, I don't usually eat fried food very often. Um, so I really just let myself do whatever I wanted. Which was really nice. I think I needed that kind of freedom to like not need to be up to go train, and I could eat what I wanted. And 
So one of the things, one I thought about, um, I had never been down to South Carolina. When we were going, I was like, you know, it'd be really nice. Just a nice cup of coffee, some biscuits and gravy. <laughs> they don't really do coffee down. They do the chicory mix, right? So oh, really? You, yeah. Like, See, I didn't go to anywhere. Like, yeah, We like, usually have breakfast in and go out for dinner and yeah. or lunch. So I have not. I don't have a lot of experience with yeah. their coffee. Well, they they do chicory and they chop up chicory and put it in with their coffee. So it gives it. It's a much different taste. It wasn't like what I envisioned. Yeah. So it was weird. I haven't experienced that, but I think yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a coffee thing I going on. So oh, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I French press it every morning. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the Arrow Press. Mm. Big fan of the Arrow yeah. Press. And everybody likes to look around at work. They look and they're like, hmm. You know, they give me, they give me this side Jealous. eye. Yeah, I got my little hand grinder. <laughs> you know, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so running. Let's running. talk about some of that. You're not running now, but you were doing a heck of a lot of running 10 days ago. Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay, so um, you did no recon for this course, right? Like you kind of you like saw, oh, pretty mountains down in the south in that area. Let's go. Yeah, that's really about it. I was, have friends in Charlotte. Um, one of my closest girlfriends I grew up with um, lives in Raleigh. So she drove into Charlotte. So it was a great way to be like, I can see friends and people I love. And then go do this race and come and celebrate with them after. Did you have her like bring running stuff for you? How do you pack for a oh, plane man. trip for running? Well, everything that we could carry. Because you... Well, we flew southwest, so we packed everything we didn't need in the suitcases, but anything I could possibly need for the race was in a backpack on my back because I was not going to take the risk of not having what I needed. So it actually worked out really well. So I just had kind of the essential stuff. Mm -hmm. So so essential stuff. Yeah. You had a pack, right? Had a pack. You had pack, you had shoes, you had shorts, Mm -hmm. right? So what kind of shoes do you bring? I do the La Sportiva Mutants. Mm-hmm. I love those shoes. And so, I mean, those those are the tanks. So you didn't worry about, I'm going down to, you know, South Carolina, West Virginia, Tennessee, what's what's down there. You just figured you, you have... You have bulletproof shoes on. Well, and I knew from the the preview video of Table Rock that there was going to be some regular like road, gravel road, and there was going to be like creek crossings. There was going to be mountains. So I knew the terrain was going to vary. So I needed something that could be durable for that. So you did do some recon. Well, I watched the video that's like four <laughs> and a half minutes. The cat's out of the bag. I think bag. I watched that video like Laura tons Howard of times. studies race courses ridiculously well i definitely don't <laughs> I, I think i had to keep asking ben what the elevation was yeah <laughs> and what what does that mean i'd have to ask like well what is that equal to because in my mind i needed like a something that it compared to here yeah like you said six men <laughs> you know it's the it's the climb of six loops and the distance of five right dan ostrander loves me measuring things in, in the 10k loop <laughs> to me that makes sense mm-hmm. in my brain i'm like oh okay there Wait, was a, there's not a mountain in the middle of the 10k loop. <laughs> there, there was a heck of a climb in there yeah um so all right we're gonna get to that climb yeah um you you land you got your stuff on your back mm-hmm. and like are you you have logistics planned out. Do you know things about like race day pickup or you know any of that? Like, were you worried about any of that stuff, or are you just kind of like easy strolling? No, I wasn't worried. Um, mostly because we had plenty of time. Packet pickup was the night before at a brewing company, uh, and so I was really just concerned about getting to, out to Morganton 
um, North Carolina, which is like 90 minutes northwest of Charlotte, in time um, to get my stuff, get home, set everything up, or back to the hotel, and then go to sleep. That was priority for me. Um, I have a really weird pre-race tradition, and I don't know if it's weird, but I think it's weird. Um, I really like sushi yeah. because it's got, like, the fat, the protein, and the rice, and, like, mm-hmm. some for the carbs. And I just, like, fill up as much as I can on that, and I swear. The only other thing I've done before that really helped me was before Ready, Set, Glow one year, I went to a clam bake. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to puke up clams the whole time, but I ran really fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to puke up clams. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so seafood so, before a race. So sushi. Mm. And it, it, I've done it a few times. It did me well for uh, Medved Madness this year. Mm. So I'm, I'm sticking with it. So sushi before an ultra. So we did mm. that in Charlotte. Then went out and picked up the packet. I really wasn't worried. The people who are direct, directing the race... Um, Brandon and Mark are really cool, really chill. I emailed with them a few times when I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to race. I knew I'd still go volunteer even if I couldn't race. And I love their rule that you can only defer your entry if you come and volunteer. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's neat. So, so what was going to make you not run? I was having problems with um, my low back um, and having a lot of low back pain before. Um, but I we worked with Sherry Kessler for physical therapy and um, Colby Shores for chiropractic adjustments. And Sherry did a great job of telling me it's just my taper brain. I was going to ask you yeah. if it was like taper tantrum. But I, I definitely think so. And she did a great job at like basically telling me to shut up, you're being stupid, but in a really nice you know, physical therapist you, way. Why don't you try to do some of these? Yeah. Oh, it looks like you're progressing really well. Well, and I did do a lot of the things and they helped a lot. So what, you know, Colby and Sherry gave me to do certainly helped because I was in a lot of pain. So the pain reduced. Um, but at that time I realized like, if I feel like this, I am not going to be able to run. Cause I went out like two weeks before for like, I tried to go out for 90 minutes with Matt Bertrand. I couldn't even, like, I made it an hour, and I'm like, I got to walk. I'm like, if I can't make it an hour, how am I going to run a 50K of a mountain? Mm-hmm. So, but it all came together, which, surprise. So surprise. I'm going to, see, I learned from this, and I'm not going <laughs> to taper that way again. Yeah. So. some You know, I've been just, I've been reading so much about, I don't know the term over tapering, mm-hmm. you know, like just w- taking two weeks off before a race. Um, oh, it's a hundred miler. I got to take, you know, it, and, and maybe it's an exaggeration, but there are people that will say 10 days before a race. Like, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think a lot of, uh, us around here, we don't go like full on prescribed. I, I think because we have so many group runs, we can't right. like, we can't like go 10 days in the hole. <laughs> Because then you're like, oh my god, I want to see my friends. Yeah, where is everybody? (laughs) But I think you can, you can, you know, do three to four mile runs. Get Mm -hmm. off of your schedule. Yeah, I find if I get off my schedule, things start to get tight. They get like I get just stuff hurts. Features of habit. Yeah, and like I'm not when you run, you loosen things up. Mm -hmm. So when you don't run, things are going to get tight. You know. Well, and it, you know, Sherry had this great analogy of like you look at a workaholic who then takes a vacation and is sick the whole time. You know, so, like, I've been training for months and months and months. I get up every morning at a certain time, and I do something. Like, Wednesday is Wednesday morning crew. This day is hill repeats. Like, it, 
I was very consistent with what I was doing. And yes, I did take recovery weeks, but when you break that consistency, it's like my body really freaked out and was not happy with me. So. And then your brain freaks out. Yeah, and then they start talking to each other, and it's not pretty. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a very bo- bad relationship. <laughs> your body and brain are talking when you're not paying attention. You got a problem. Exactly. So, all right, you crack that nut, and you're like, I'm not hurt. I can actually run this thing. Yep. I'm going to go. You're mm-hmm. down there. And what's the start line like? What's it? It's <laughs> a good question. I couldn't figure out where it was <laughs> because it was literally like a two-by-four sign where someone wrote with a marker, start. So it was awesome, and I knew I was in a pack of people that I would get along with because, I mean, it was like over in the corner of this field. Like, there was nothing to indicate that that was the start. Um, There was like 150 runners, which I thought was a lot for a 50K. Um, And it was interesting, a really wide field. I would imagine it's similar here for some of our longer races where there were some really elite, like, um, well-trained people and then there are people that like I talked to along the way that like oh I've never run more than 13 miles like what are you doing here yeah I saw the winner the women's winner was five and a half hours yeah it's crazy yeah like really awesome climbing up and over a mountain and and to watch them because as I was going up the leaders were coming down and it was and they were just cool as a cucumber and it was super it was 90 degree day um but they were just so friendly and um, so, anyway, the start you said um, was just oh, a, a little. We're, yeah, I have to answer my. Question. I know. Sorry, they're just um, little prompts. <laughs> but so the start was very unassuming, which is you know good because that's very much how our trail community is here. Um, I didn't even realize I was near the front until because they were making announcements and talking and everything, and and then all of a sudden I realized I was near the front, and I <laughs> cussled in the back, so I'm like, I don't want to be up front. <laughs> so and you mentioned as they were coming down as you were going up, so it's kind yeah. of like a run to the top of the mountain and then run back, do- run back down? Kind of. So it's like a lasso, okay. the actual course. <clears throat> and if anybody wants to actually see it, you can go on the website, or my Strava has the detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go out like six or seven miles, and you kind of take a right and go out to an aid station. Um, Laura's, Laura's giving directions with her hands right now. For I'm those, very visual. For those of you on the YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> and then you come back just probably like a, a half mile, mile of that you ran. And then you kind of bypass where you were and go to the mountain. And then you run up to the top of the mountain and you come back down part of where you came already and go over to an aid station and come back and then you go a different way back to that first seven or six miles so there's some overlap um it's like a triangle and there's overlap on each corner okay so it was really interesting um you got to see other runners even though you're in a 50k going up a mountain yeah which was really cool. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm going up the mountain and the leaders are coming down and I'm thinking, holy hell. <laughs> like, uh, I was remarkable um, to see. Um, I think the funniest part was there was all, well, it wasn't funny, but I got the name Trail Fairy from a few people on the trail because I'm just passing out um, salt tabs like it's Halloween. <laughs> because a lot of people really weren't prepared. They didn't have the right nutrition. It was really, really hot. It was clear that they didn't have electrolytes with them. Probably not enough food. And I'm not saying that salt tabs are, and electrolytes are like the key, but these people needed something because they looked really bad. They needed that placebo or they needed the salt, one yep. or the other, right? And then I thought of Dr. Osvig 
and I would tell people who were like eyes rolling back in their heads um, and looking super dehydrated <laughs> and tired. I said, put your feet above your head. <laughs> Two or three minutes, you'll feel great. Anything to tell them, you know, yeah. to get their mind back in the game. Because at that point, you sound like the authority. Yeah. Right? You know, I get so I and, gave you're, my- and we've talked about you are experienced. You have been at so many ultra aid stations. You have a very large sample set of mm-hmm. destroyed people, yeah. what they need, what they look like. That person is not able to focus on anything. They need electrolytes and water. That person is cramping. They need to sit and eat some food. Like, you know these things because you've seen so many people. Right. So whether or not whether or not you were intending to give them the exact thing, you were giving one of those things from your toolkit of your experience, you know? Well, and the idea of like lie to them mm-hmm. and tell them it's going to be fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You're Dan, doing great. The Dan Lopata method. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I think that the, there's uh, some truth to that. The, the Abby McCarthy. Yes, method. exactly. And I remember how much that rang true to me at the Twisted Branch seminar. Yeah. Um, she was talking and I'm like, that's exactly what I do. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it was interesting to hear it in words and it worked a lot. And I had people come up and thank me later. Yep. And the trail fairy goes well with that, that fancy haircut of yours. (laughs) Did you have it up in your trails rock buff? I had my orange buff on. I had my trails rock shirt on until it got so hot that I took my shirt (laughs) off and ran in a sports bra, which I don't think I've ever done before. Yeah. Well, nobody's there. I didn't care. I mean, I didn't care anyway if I was home, but But it's it's sort of one of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that Pine Creek challenge, yeah. Um, all by my lonesome, right? As you said, it's not really by yourself. It's not. But it, but I didn't know anybody there until after I left. Yeah, right? I knew I met everybody that I knew I met there. Right. Um, and so I did that hundred k, and there were things that I did that um, not that I wouldn't have done here, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any reservations. I'm like, this is what I need to do right yeah. now. You know, like I'm I mean? not worrying about other runners. I'm not, I'm talking to, well, I, I mean, I was worrying about other runners, but not people I knew. So it wasn't like, I know so-and-so and this is an issue they have with their calf or what, you know, like I don't, I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So I was really just talking with people and getting to know them. Yep, exactly. And that, that was a big, a big part of it for me mm-hmm. going down there was, you can become a little niche and a little clicky, even the best of intentions, right? right? So like, you know, these people, you're happy to see them. You talk with them. The new person that shows up, they are certainly welcome, but they're going to look and then be like, oh, all these people know each other, you know? And so, so I thought that I was going to go experience that. I was going to be the new guy that didn't know anybody, but it turns out it's not the way it actually happens. Right? Like, it's like, true. Yeah, like people just talk and they chat and you get to know these people um, over the course of what my race was 15 hours, you know, so. Awesome. Um, but it was, it was fun to. <laughs> he just rolled his eyes for all of you listening <laughs> when I said it was awesome. <laughs> it, it, it was something. All right. It was. I mean, yes, I take away from it a lot of, a lot of good. Um, but that idea that you have this experience and you can transfer these experiences even to people you don't know. Right. You know, so you can provide aid to somebody at an aid station Mm -hmm. that just rolls up and is new at the race. Mm -hmm. And you can do that same thing when you're on a race when you don't know anybody. You know, it's the same idea. Well, the interesting thing was people told me as I got to know them or pass them at different points or even after the race. um, And I felt this way. I never felt like I couldn't do it. I never, at the end of the last few miles, I knew I was going to do it, but the heat was 
I was pretty exposed at that point. It was really hot, so that slowed me down, and I definitely wanted to pull over and take a nap, but I did not. <laughs> um, but people told me, like, you were so determined, and you, you looked like you were, you had a purpose, and you knew what you were doing, and you were going to get it done. And so I think that they all, I must have had this air of kind of authority, like, I know what I'm doing, and I'm here to do it, and, and when they needed something, I helped them. You know, but then, you know, other people were helpful for me, you know, when I, not that I ever took to, or took a wrong turn, but I did get to a turn and, you know, someone else that was far ahead of me and on a switchback, like, was like, oh, you go this way. And it's like, you're going to hit this, this and this, like helpful, you know, people were awesome. Yeah. And did you find, were you telling lots of stories about your Trails Rock Orange? You know, I think because of my pack, you can't really see the Trails Rock. Um, so nobody asked about that. Um, and nobody really talked about a trail community. Um, but the, the people who put on the race seem really similar. They do a lot and give back to the parks, um, just in the same way that we do with Trails Rock. So yeah, I, I found myself, you know, there were there was people that would they would be talking about this race or that race. And I'd be like, oh, a friend of mine ran that race. You know, yeah. back in Rochester, there's this, you know. Well, that was the ironic part. So I was really excited because the day after, I woke up really early, felt pretty good, so but I was hungry. So I went down to the hotel lobby to get breakfast. And... So this guy's like standing next to me, like at the toaster, and he's got the sweater on that we all got if you were a finisher. And I said, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I did that too." So we ended up sitting together and talking, and um, about different races. And the irony is, he almost came up for Twisted Branch. Yeah. And so we're now friends on Facebook, and I'm going to harass him to come and do Twisted <laughs> Branch. But it was really exciting for this guy that's from DC, yeah. who has no connection to upstate or western New York. Um, know about Twisted Branch, which, you know, I'm obviously really passionate about. Uh, oh, I'm passionate about a lot of things to do with trail running in this area, but I do have a special soft spot for Twisted Branch. Yeah. Um, so I, I said to him, like, if you guys want to come up, you don't even have to get a hotel. Like, I can guarantee people will, will let you stay at their houses yeah. and you'll have a great experience. So I'm yeah. hopeful. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he didn't comment on your 50 pounds of bacon that you had on your plate <laughs> i actually didn't do that bad <laughs> well we were both talking because i think he based on the conversation that we had we both are conscious about what we eat mm -hmm. and um i mean it was like that free breakfast so it was kind of crappy and so, so i was kind of just having a little bit to hide me over to brunch mm -hmm. so all right all right be judgy be judgy about <laughs> i was the, being judgy about like, the, these aren't real eggs <laughs> the chafing dish full of bacon no i mean i don't even know if they had bacon which okay. is a travesty. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the only thing worthwhile. Then, I know. Is the maple syrup and the bacon. I know. Just, but whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. So this this race was seems like, I mean, you're up and you're down and you're done. Like, that was it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, my first Twisted Branch was my, my first ultra, Twisted Branch yeah. 2015. Mm-hmm. And during that whole thing, even though I had my injuries and low points and it took longer, I never had thought that I wasn't going to finish. Right. I think there was a certain like level of naive, you know, like I've trained for this. Mm -hmm. I know that I can do it and whatever. This is what I want to do. Right. I just want to keep going until I'm done. Yeah. And so I, I did that and I finished it and I was like, hooray, I finished my first ultra. My next ultra was much harder mm -hmm. to finish i think because i had already 
done an ultra. Yeah. My next ultra was Menden 50K. And by the fourth loop, I'm like, nah, all right, <laughs> let's just let's just go and do this mm-hmm. thing and yeah. be done with it. Mm-hmm. But the the excitement of that first one, I think like I never let go of, you know, I'm doing it. I'm right. doing that thing. The thing that, oh my gosh, yeah. you, you believe you can do it, mm-hmm. but it's the thing that you're amazed that you're doing anyway. Right. And there are times where I'm like, look at me, I'm, I'm doing it. Yeah. At, I'm like the people on the TV. I know. <laughs> you know? Like this is real life. Yeah. <laughs> And so do you feel like there was, were you, even when you were struggling, mm-hmm. did you feel like that sense of excitement or were you struggling or were you just like going slow and steady the whole time? I was slow and steady. Um, the, the course itself, um, the first, you know, six miles really reminded me a lot of muddy sneaker because it was kind of these wide ATV type grassy, um, like kind of paths because they weren't really roads um it was that meets Menden very much so um so I felt good about it because it felt familiar to me um and then I um the gravel there was some gra- there was like gosh 10 miles of gravel road and it was beautiful thank god or other- otherwise I think I would have quit because I really do not like roads or gravel mm-hmm. so um I really I didn't struggle until I started coming down the mountain. It was hot, so that was hard. Um, but going down the mountain was hard because it was such an extended down, and it was very steep. And it's not that I couldn't do it, and I trained for that, so I didn't feel like I... But I hadn't trained on it, like, at that point, I'm 19 miles in. So um, coming down a mountain after that much, I hadn't experienced. So, um, I did a lot and I felt prepared, but it was still just really hard on my body. Yeah. But you're, you're from the Ben Murphy school of stupid, right? (laughs) Stupid o'clock. So the Ben Murphy school of stupid says you're doing it on tired legs. Yeah. Whether you've done it because you've done 15 miles or you've done it because it's 4am and you're just waking up. Right. Right. So was the down the same course as the up? Was it the yes. same trail? Yes. So what was that up like? Because you probably ate that for breakfast, I, right? Well, I hiked a lot of it because I didn't want to give too much away. I wanted to be mm. able to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so my concentration was first to get to the top and just to do it however I needed to do it. Um, and I think that I learned, I've been teaching myself and trying to focus on that kind of speed hiking. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the racing and training that I did this year was helpful for that. I learned a lot doing whiteface. Um, yeah, right. We didn't even touch. On I know. That. Like, oh, you just that was something yeah. else. So you just, uh, I'll just go run up this mountain. I've never been to the high peaks before. I've never been up a high peak. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna go to high peaks for a weekend as part of my training. Well, yeah, it, it was interesting how that unfolded because you know Amy Lapata and Dan Lapata obviously have been a great influence on the continuation great, of great stupid in, but a gra- in a good a great, in a, the most wonderful kind of stupid yeah, watch those words great influence okay <laughs> don't let it go to your head <laughs> no i'm just kidding um you know they amy has kept track of as her as being a leader of aid stations for red newt racing and ian um kept track of people's hours and um i was just kind of looking at the the race um information the night before 
I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I kind of wish I had signed up. And she's looked at me and she's like, you could do this race for free. I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea that I was earning points every time I volunteered. Like, it just like, didn't occur to me. Like, I just never read that part or nobody told me. I Wasn't mean, in the brochure, huh? I just you ignored read, it, I think. Didn't read the terms of service. Well, I also never thought that I would do many of those that races. You, you never thought you would accidentally end up in a red newt race, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they have some lower key races, but like a sky race is not a low key race. Like you need to be prepared for that. And so, and then, you know, Ron Hirkins is staying with us and he starts in the conversation and they were very supportive. And before I knew it, Amy had sent a message to Ian and he gave my blessing that I could slap a bib on in the morning. And I figured, I figured I couldn't make the cutoffs that it would suck and I would just like do what I do and it didn't matter because I didn't pay for it. But it turned out I had a blast and it was great training for me. Let's cover the day before the Whiteface Sky Race. Didn't I see you on a mountain? We were on right. Yeah. No, that was two days before. It was two days before. So I hiked three hike peaks but in right. two days before Whiteface. Yeah. So you went up there for a weekend in the mountains, just mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, let's have a weekend in the mountains. Because I had never been. Right. And you hiked three high peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you decided to sign up for a Whiteface Sky Race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one's in the middle of a thunderstorm, right? No, that oh, was the vertical. Right, the vertical K. Or no, maybe it, no. I don't remember there being thunder. I was. Was I that delusional? No, um, that was during the vertical K. Sorry. Oh, so okay. the vertical K had thunder and lightning. Yeah. Um, but then the next day it was. The it was sky still was. not great weather though. Right. It was not. It was nice and windy with some fog. Yep. And, yep. Misty, but actually was really good if you're going to climb a mountain. <laughs> so, so actually, I saw you when I was leaving. That's why that's I got. Right. That's why I got confused because yeah. we had you we had the home. the barbecue and that's I left right. before the race. That was fun. Yeah, it was. It was nice. I'm with the guys playing the cover song. Yeah. And the, the band. I they they did an eight hour shift at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> like we sit down for lunch and they're like, We'll be here till eight o'clock. We're like, What? <laughs> all right. Money must be good. <laughs> playing for a lot of pork. I, I know. Guess. Oh my gosh. Um all right, let's let's recap all that okay. for the people that weren't there. So yeah. you sign up, you're basically going, you were gonna hang out. I mean Half of Rochester was there yeah. for the weekend, and you went and hiked some high peaks with Kristen, right, and her family, and did all that, and then you signed up for a sky race, and you did awesome mm-hmm. at the sky race. Yeah. Did you have that feeling, like, I'm doing it, like, as you got to up to the top of the aid station at mm-hmm. Whiteface, were you like, I'm doing this? Absolutely. Um I think the first time I went up Whiteface, I swore a lot at myself. Like, why am I here? Why I can't even move very fast. <laughs> I didn't have my watch because it was getting repaired. I would have loved to have seen the data on that. Even though I'm quote unquote not a data person, I do like to look at that stuff. Now everybody's a data voyeur, but I'm really not. You're um, a voyeur. I, but I would have been interested just to like kind of see what it looked like in data. Mm-hmm. You this know? is your second reference. You talked about people. You referred people to your Strava just a little while ago. Who have I become? <laughs> Because <laughs> I used to go watchless on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But um, so um, I came back down and then did the flume loop, and I like felt like I had a transcend- transcendental, like emotional experience, and started crying on the flume loop, uh, <laughs> like in a good way, like yeah. happy, like holy shit, I'm doing it. <laughs> and um, Ron Hirkins got a 
photo of me towards the end of the flume loop and I'm kind of looking down but I'm just smiling and I'm like that's how I felt the whole race even when I was crying I felt like that yeah. like it was a happy thing because it's again like I said therapeutic for me um, and then I was like man I got this I just gotta get back up the mountain and back down and at that point I was like I'm really far from the cutoffs which I thought I wasn't gonna make because I had no relation mm-hmm. to the cutoff in time and what the race was gonna bring so had to go up again I had to go up again I made the cutoff and I was like Dang. it's one step at a time that yep. you know old saying we all say to each other it's just one little step at a time and yep. it literally was one little step at a time at that point did you feel like that gave you a little something though I mean that was the beginning of the summer yeah right that's I mean that was not July. the beginning yeah it was the first beginning second week in July. July it's still like you know yeah Th- two three months out yeah from my so race. it gave you i mean you still you had something to build on yeah. from there mm-hmm. so like did that cause you to set goals higher or have expectations of yourself or was that just kind of a vote of confidence that said what you're doing is correct definitely a vote of confidence that yeah. i my training was doing what it needed to even though i had so much faith in it between the training i did with eric and then transitioning to working with ben i felt like it was just a um a great path for me and it worked out really well um they both gave me some invaluable knowledge and helped me grow as a runner um and it just made me feel like well one foot in front of the other i'll figure it out so do you think that you apply your aid station slash volunteer knowledge to yourself while you're running i guess i don't know do you, do you like sit there and assess yourself or do you kind of just grunt through it and grind through it and just figure things out? I think different races are different. Yeah. Um, table rock being so important to me. Um, I think that I zoned out more. Yeah. Um, in other races that aren't as important, meaningful, but they're all meaningful, but not as important, maybe a smaller, lower key local race. Um, I might do that a little more because I'm testing things out, but at the race, like at Table Rock, like I knew what I needed to do and I just got it done. Right. It's how I felt. Sort of on autopilot, right? Yeah. Except for, like I said, those last few miles. That was. Well, the last few miles. I mean. Yeah. It was just, I was so hot. I feel like I could have run a lot more if it wasn't as hot as it was because I literally wanted to, like, lay in the dirt and take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I find is, like, those last few miles. So I had. The point in that in that Pine Creek challenge, like I got to a point where it was there. There's the last aid station, mm-hmm. um, and it's four miles from the finish. And I was like, oh, four miles. I just want to be done, you know. And I'm like, I I just I I got to the aid station. And I just went right through it. Of yeah. course, some lightning flashed across the sky, so I'm like, I'm gonna race the lightning now. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to stop at the aid station. I just wanted to be done. I didn't want to mm-hmm. take any time. But what you have to realize is that's the end of an ultra. Yeah. Those three to four miles, that's an hour. You know, know, that's that's an hour to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So if you decide you're just going to press through whatever kind of, you know, tired or agony or I need something to drink, but I just I'll get something to drink at the finish. You know, yeah. that's a, that's a long time that you're trying to press I feel like through. that's the like the when the delusion starts to set in. I think that's a sign. Yeah. When you think like I'm almost done. But you're not because like, not even, well, three or four miles on a regular day is not like you said, three or four miles at the end of an ultra. Mm-hmm. It's so. much longer. Oh distance, my gosh, you know? yes. So that's that's the one that I have to get 
over. I mean, I had the lightning and the thunder motivation, and we were in a gorge, so you <gasps> could see the lightning oh my and the clouds on the other side. Oh my gosh! You're like they're coming for us, yeah. you know. And yeah, so that was neat. That must uh, have been pretty though. It was that course is very. You would have hated it though. Why? Because it's flatty, flat, flat. Flatity, flat, flat. It's flatter than the canal path. Like that's not possible. It is. It's flat. F L A T. There's not even like the little undulations. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's crushed gravel. Like uh, no Mm-mm. bike path. Never. Um, not big gravel. Little gravel. Doesn't matter. Very smooth. Um, yeah, it was wide. So like, it makes me think of the Lehigh Valley Trail. Um. Nicer than the Lehigh Valley Trail. Oh. Like if the Lehigh Valley Trail was carpeted, oh. you know, like <laughs> so this was a high class event. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very fancy down in Tioga County. Um, no, that's definitely not my style. Yeah, I mean it's not mountain running. That's no. for sure. But it, what I went for was strip away everything else because because yeah. at Twisted Branch, what I had said to myself was. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? What don't you want to do, you big dummy? This is what you've been a year planning up to. This is what you tell everybody about <laughs> this stupid day. All your friends are here. All your friends are giving up to help you. Yeah. You know, where would you, if anybody asked you where you want it to be today, this is where it is. Right. What do you want to stop? And what I wanted to stop doing was running. That was your delusional brain. Yeah. You didn't really want to stop running. That's all I wanted to do was stop running. But I didn't. But I did. Right. Yeah. And so then that lingered for a little while. And I was like, better go make sure you still like running. Yeah. You know, and I was like, how would I make sure that I still like running? Well, go do it for 15 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and know? do you still like running? I, I in fact, do. That's I mean, good. I've done it. Because it'd be a so. loss if we didn't have you. Oh, thanks. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what now? Like, you're recovered. You're going to go run in a couple days, right? That yeah. ankle's ready to go. Yeah, I would say I'm going to take it pretty easy for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to refocus um, and do a lot of strength training. Mm-hmm. Very calculated, like, in the weight room strength training. Um, speed work on the treadmill. Again, very calculated. Um, speed work as in, like... I'm going to put the incline up and I'm going to run as fast as I can for 30 seconds until I feel like I'm going to puke and then I'm going to recover and do it again. So I decided that I just needed to like change gears. I I have loved everything I've done. um, But as part of kind of my growth um, as a runner, I want to get stronger um, in my whole body. And um, I don't feel like I need to get faster. I just think it's an efficient way to keep my training up. So I don't really care about speed. I mean, I don't want to be out there two or three more hours than I am, but um, I'm not particularly concerned with speed. Um, So the speed work itself is really more for the conditioning and like the VO2 stuff and I mean, all that jargon. So, and it's like I can be efficient in 30 minutes doing speed work rather than being gone for like four to six hours on a long run. So, the data would back that up. (laughs) So, I'm gonna do that for probably until about Christmas, and then I am gonna start training for many on the Jenny. Giddy up. Yeah, it's gonna be one heck of a race. I'm very excited. Everyone seems to be doing it. I was, I was uh, selling it to somebody just the other day. Um, they were. Oh, just left me. We were talking about 
um, you know, they were talking about ultras and races yeah. and stuff. And um, they signed up for men in 50K as their, their ultra. They did battle at Bristol. Yeah. Oh, sweet. And, uh, well, they, they ended up dropping after a little while. Then they did. Then they were like, you're going to do men in 50K. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about going back and getting revenge and battle of Bristol. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's neat. But if you want to run a really cool ultra, that's a first year ultra that you don't have to worry about getting revenge on. Mm-hmm. It's 40. Uh, and you know, they're from Buffalo. I'm like, so it's just South of here, Yeah. you know, and it's 40 miles in Letchworth state park. You run around a gorge, down a gorge, in a gorge, up a gorge. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a hell of a lot more exciting than running up and down Bristol Mountain. Right. And if you do that, you're going to be ready to run up and down Bristol Mountain. So. What were we talking so, about? Oh, anyways, the many on the Jenny. Yeah. And, this, and you were trying to pitch it to this yeah, person. Yeah, I mean, well, and they were like, that's a great idea. And I was well, like, yeah. You're right, because people have this idea they need to get revenge or go back and redeem themselves. And it's like, well, what about just a different challenge that'll mm-hmm. engage your mind and your body in a different way? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's going to be really pretty. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm really interested to um, be part of a, another a new race, first-time right. event. I mean, right. So it got me all gonzo over Twisted Branch, right? It was I like, know. new event, first time, let's go do it. Um, you know, and I, they were the same way about the Battle of Bristol. New event, first time, never been done before. Yeah. Let's go give it a try. That was their first ultra, though. That's a big step. Well, especially when it's like 12,000 feet of climbing in 50K and it's up and down and up and down. That's hard. Yeah. That, that's not a really a first time ultra, you know, but we'll see what they choose to do. I'll be at Maniana Jenny. I know. I can't uh, wait. It's, it's going to be exciting. great. And we'll stop along the way at Sneaker and stop along the way at Medved Madness. See, you know what? This year I have decided I'm going to be the fairy of the trail and mm-hmm. I'm going to volunteer at all those races. Yeah. I'm going to write, this is my plan. So maybe if I say it on the podcast, it'll come true and I won't sign up for all the races, but I am going to do many on the Jenny and I'm going to volunteer at all the other races and I'm not going to race as much this year. That was my 2016. Be at the races, not in the races. Yep. And it worked well for you. Yeah. I mean, I, so yeah, I have to decide on Twisted Branch next year. Mm-hmm. Well, even if you decided not to do it, mm-hmm. I'll there's be there. so many things don't, you could do. Even, I'll yeah. be there regardless of whether I'm, you know, wearing a bib or <laughs> handing, out, handing out bibs. I'll right. be there. Yeah. So. Well, I know we would love the help. Um, we've got a lot of great things planned in the next year. Bigger, better, faster, stronger. You know, yeah. So. It's going to, the event, I mean, Scott just keeps like growing it mm-hmm. in a way that um, makes a lot of sense. So I'm really excited to see how it'll continue to be awesome. Yeah. Continue to be awesome. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the Laura Howard. We only had like 30 seconds of this podcast. That's what we would do. I know. <laughs> That's like, what it feels like. Continue to be awesome. Yeah. Because that's uh, kind of what it's all about. And awesome doesn't have to be one thing. It's a lot of things. So uh, A holistic approach to being holistic awesome. holistic approach. <laughs> I like that. It's true. It's important. Yeah. So I did just running and just these little things. I'd miss out on a lot of other cool things. I signed up for some classes at Embody. Oh, did you? Yeah, like 15 hours. Wow. So. What kind of classes? Oh, well, it's just 15 hours. Like oh. I can go do, oh, do whatever you want. Whatever I want. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well... 
you need to come at some point. I don't know if you'll do yoga because mm-hmm. you know how I feel about yoga. I think it's a great compliment oh, to I running. Oh, I do. I got to find the right yoga, and it's not it's not the yoga I've been doing. I've been interested in going to True, but now I see this new place that you're doing. Yoga Vibe. Yeah. I love True. Like I li- That's what I like about the yoga community here. There's a lot of great studios, but so that gives a wide array of different classes at different times depending on what you need. Um, but heavy metal yoga I went to for the first time last night and it was awesome and it's not like a super flowy vinyasa yoga like I felt like it got in these spots that I didn't even know I needed to get into that's more what I like is like the Iyengar type yoga where you you work your way into and then you hold it and Mm -hmm. you're you're working muscles Mm -hmm. to hold the pose rather than I don't need cardio from yoga quite honestly I really don't need cardio from yoga right I get enough of that I know Mm. running running that's the thing yep all done I think so that Laura is pretty awesome isn't she Hopefully she chooses to run an ultra somewhere around here so we can all see her suffering at mile 25 for once. I I mean, so we can provide her with any assistance she may need to achieve her next goal. Like, seriously. Okay, Um, as always, you can find links to some of the things Laura and I talked about as well as links to the episode sponsors, Rochester Running Company and Josh Stratton, who I'll tell you about in just a minute or two, on the episode show notes in your podcast player or on the website located at runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 039. So, episode sponsors, Josh Stratton and the Rochester Running Company. So thankful to them for continuing to sponsor the podcast. And a big thank you to Patreon supporters for sticking around, even when, well, there were no podcasts. I mean, there there were podcasts, they're just not released yet. So, um, and thanks to you that have continued to subscribe and hang around and wait for more podcasts to show up in your feed. So anyways, about that. Um, October is usually a crazy month as uh, kids are ramping up in school and we have some family birthdays. But this October was extra special as my car fizzled, my uh, computer frazzled, Work stuff went haywire, and I was just, in general, just a bit out of sorts. So I apologize to all of you that could have used a podcast distraction or two during your October runs. Sorry. Uh, But here we are, November. It's a good month. And we have some awesome stuff in store, including conversations with Ascend Collective and Jason Vidmar. Not... Not together, uh, separate incidents. Also, we have a, a special talk by Stacy Steinmiller on tapering and post-race blues that has been in the oven for quite some time. So that's probably done baking. Um, yeah. Consider joining Running Inside Out Slack, where we'll be talking about these latest episodes, as well as our latest and greatest runs. And even sometimes we get on other conversations like deep dives into the guts of topics such as GPS smoothing between Garmin, Strava and Garmin. Uh, like real guts, I mean, editing XML and junk. We chat about all the things. If that sounds like your kind of place, check out the Strava run group. You know, go out to Strava and search groups running inside out. 
or go to the sidebar of the website for a link that will get you a quote Slack invite. Also, join the Strava Run group while you're there. That thing is getting big with uh, lots of cool podcast listeners from all over sharing their runs, which we then talk about in the Strava channel on Slack. It's a veritable ecosystem. Amazing. All right. Thank you to the Rochester Running Company. It's uh, Rochester Running Company, for those of you that don't know, have sponsored some episodes. Really big supporter of the podcast. And uh, they are a running store located on Mount Hope Avenue in Collegetown near downtown Rochester. Real, the focus is on being a social hub for runners. Visiting the Rochester Running Company is a lot like a great run. Once you experience it, you want to do it again as soon as possible. For instance, I've been struggling. I've been struggling. Oh, that's Freudian. Uh, I've been staging a few of my runs from there because I found uh, Mount Hope Cemetery to be quite comforting. And it seems each time I stop in at the start of my run, I also end up stopping in at the end of my run. I guess I just like seeing what's going on, which could be a bit dangerous because just recently I stopped in and happened upon a muscles for mileage class. Next thing I knew, I was swinging a kettlebell between my legs with Josh Rossi telling me to pinch pennies every time I came up. Yeah, excellent stuff can happen there. Friendly staff, cool brands you can't find anywhere else, clean towels and cold water, frequent and free group runs, you just can't get enough. Additionally, their Facebook page is full of hustle and bustle with many pop-up runs or running-related activities constantly being discussed and organized. Bring your friends, bring your running group, make some new friends, and meet other running groups. Rochester Running Company. Run our city. Together. All right. And a big thank you to our longest sponsor. I know some of you have just been waiting around to hear the $15 off code. So here it is. Website. Yep. Website. Use the code website when booking to get $15 off an hour massage with Mr. Josh Stratton. Josh is a licensed massage therapist who knows the treatments that athletes need. His office is located inside Sports PT in Winton Place. Strat's a runner, like a real runner. Downhill runner all of a sudden these days. Dude's like a freight train. Uh, But he knows where those aches are because he does run downhill and he does run uphill. So he can find the aches quickly and he knows the right treatments to help keep you going. He's also very receptive to feedback and can customize your session however you'd like. Head out to his Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Josh Stratton LMT or find that link in the show notes to learn more and to book an appointment. The appointment's the important part. That's how you get your stuff rubbed out. Uh, Tell him you heard it here on this podcast and use this month's secret code website. He'll give you $15 off a 60-minute massage. Yep. What is normally 65 bucks for an hour will be 50 bucks. Thanks to Josh for his ever continuing support of the show. And as always, thank you for supporting the show. If you're hearing this, which I presume you are, since, well, I mean, you're hearing it, you have either stuck with us through or found us just after some pretty weird times in our country. 
we often talk about how running brings us all together and this that interest in sharing our stories and getting to know each other is exactly what creates and maintains this podcast. I think it's because through running, we learn to listen not only to each other, but we end up listening to ourselves. And that sometimes brings out uncomfortable truths about ourselves and forces us to reevaluate things that we thought we knew say about our strength or our integrity or our abilities or what we think about certain people or things or whatever, you know, and on here we talk about road runners or trail runners, ultra runners, but we don't use those terms as labels. We use those terms as adjectives and our running describes us, but it doesn't define us. Our actions towards each other do that. So whatever your background, beliefs, circumstances, just, you know, please strive to get to know people, avoid labels and stereotypes. It's well known that running friends tend to uh, overshare when we're out on a run, you know. Uh, there's just something about the, the common effort that brings out the truth in people. And I often think, what if everyone treated each other in the, in the real world like we were friends on a long run in the woods? You know, try it sometime. Share something with someone, a hope, a fear, a special memory, and just see how that relationship grows. Almost instantly it happens. I, I don't I guess maybe I should probably just stick to talking about running instead of pontificating. I just know that I've grown immeasurably as a person while I've grown as a runner, and a large portion of that has been listening and learning to the experiences uh, learning to listening and learning um, to others and learning about their experience. Um, do a little good for the world. Invite someone whom maybe you haven't talked to in a while for a run and just see where it goes. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.